Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. It's Saturday afternoon. Baseball games haven't really started yet. Probably in about, what, 10 minutes? Seems like a good time to talk about the other side of the Rule 5 draft. The other side of the Rule 5 draft, most of what I've talked about so far, most of what I'll talk about on Into the Future for a while, has been how the Cubs should use the remainder of the season to assess the talent they presently have to decide who should be on the 40-man roster over the offseason. Very important steps, very important steps. If the Cubs misfire and release someone foolishly or leave someone available in the Rule 5 draft, probably not that good of an idea. Probably not that good of an idea. But um, today, I want to talk a little bit about the other side of the Rule 5 draft. What is it that the Cubs or another team is generally looking for in the Rule 5 draft. It used to be, if you go back, insert amount of time here, one of the very important aspects of the Rule 5 draft was the player had to be ready to play. Ready to play. Um, Not... Too horribly long ago, I heard Jody Davis talking about the Rule 5 draft, and I asked him about it, and he, well, when Jody Davis came to the Cubs in the Rule 5 draft, the Cubs catching situation was um, abysmal. It was horrible. And when he walked in, he was basically good enough to be on the team already. There, you know, it, there just wasn't anyone else. And he was already good enough to be on the team. By the end of the season, he was a starter. Wasn't a big problem. But, uh, so, back in the day, when every team gave a legitimate look at contending for the first three months of the season, um, part of making the daily roster as a Rule 5 pick was, you had to be ready. You had to be able to contribute right away from the get-go. Right away from the get-go, you have to be ready to contribute. Otherwise, you will not be selected in the Rule 5 draft. And back in the day, that's how it largely was. If a guy, is, you know, he's done well in AA, he's done well in AAA, um, we think he's probably ready. The other team didn't leave him protected for one reason or another, probably a roster crunch. But nowadays, nobody really cares about how ready for play a player is. It's it's really not that important. Basically, you're looking for upside. If you're looking for a re- if you're looking at a relief pitcher, you're looking at velocity. You're not necessarily going to ooh, this guy has a a uh, really nice cutter splitter mix out of the bullpen, and uh, on a good day he can throw ninety three. Yeah, we we think we'll draft him in the rule five. No, that's not it. It's not it. If it's a relief pitcher, this guy throws ninety eight. Guy throws ninety nine. We think we can bring him into spring training, 
have him work with our coaches, have him work with our pitch lab, have him work with our um, major league nutritionists, whatever, 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 whatever. And we think he might be able to throw 98-99 in 7th or 8th inning once in a while, and we're good with that. That's what it is now. It's not a question of, is he ready? Most of the teams who are going to be selecting and retaining a player in the Rule 5 draft are probably going to be teams that are going to lose at least 85-90 games. You lose 85-90 games. If you bring in a relief pitcher, he ends up giving up seven runs. Oh, well, you know, wish he hadn't, but eh, whatever. Just another loss. That, that's the mindset. That's the mindset now. It's not about everyone is all in trying to do everything possible to win 94 games and make the postseason. No, a lot of teams know they're not going to do that. So when it gets to the Rule 5 draft, teams are going to look at other people's lists and ask the question, can this guy make a difference? Can this guy make a difference as a leverage reliever? Can this guy make a difference as potentially a starting pitcher? Or does he play one of the defensive positions well enough to uh, chip in fairly well somewhat soon? Or maybe just hits? That's basically your four things. Top, one of the top picks, Brett Gus, was selected from the Dodgers. And he looked really good on paper and was selected by someone. Texas? Some, somebody. Uh, um, at some point they said, no, we can't keep him on the roster. So they put him on waivers and somebody else claimed him on waivers. Hey, we'll take him. A lot of teams really don't care. They really don't care. If there was an interesting name that were to be dropped on the waiver wire that had to be kept for the rest of the season, do you think the Cubs might possibly say, perhaps, hey, let's claim this guy and designate Ryan Meisinger instead? I might do that. Meisinger, Jake Jewell, either one. Hey, all we got to do is keep him on the roster for the rest of the year. Then we can send him down to the minors next year. You can very possibly do that. If the Cubs are going to grab a Rule 5 player, a part of the arithmetic, part of the arithmetic will be who's currently on the Cubs 40-man roster. And that would be a December question. For instance, if you were to look at the presumed Cubs off-season roster, you'd see Nico Horner, Jake Madrigal, kind of second short, kind of, kind of. Not required by law, but kind of. Frank Schwindel, first base, DH. Patrick Wisdom, third base. Again, these guys aren't nailed into that spot. They don't have to play that spot, but they might. Outfield, there's a definite possibility that Ian Happ might be around next year. Jason Hayward will be around next year. Rafael Ortega very possibly might be around. So you're, 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 okay, who, who possibly might, especially with the premise of <clears throat> the premise of um, who's going to be on the roster, who 
would probably be considered in the offseason as a free agent signing. Some people say, Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa. It's not going to be Carlos Correa. Which players on the big list? And there's going to be a big list. There's going to be a list with like 50 names on it. Look, these guys know, these guys know, all these guys, all the... Uh, um, kind of like the military drill sergeant. You know, uh, know all these guys, these are all the guys, these are, these are the guys you have to know. Um, when the list comes out, and the list will come out on November 20th, I take a look, and the question will be, which guys kind of make sense for the Cubs if they were to select a player in 2021? I don't think the Cubs will. I don't think they will, but I certainly don't think they've ruled themselves out. If there is, it, it, it boils to a scouting question. Rule 5 draft is always a scouting question. And a lot of baseball fans take pride in saying, I'm not a scout. You know, I'm not a scout. I'd be a whole lot better paid if I were a scout. But um, I pay attention to what's happening and I try to learn from things. The idea with the Rule 5 draft is if this guy were to be selected, would he make sense? If the Cubs were to select this guy, would he make sense? Make sense. Last year they took Gray Fenter, and he made no sense at all. He took up a roster spot that otherwise could have been spent on something else. Um, ended up costing the Cubs, in effect, um, Dwayne Underwood Jr. and or uh, James Norwood and or. I don't know if both but maybe. Um, but the Cubs will take a look at the entire list of play, you know, the, the entire list of 50. And wh which guys make sense? Which guys are doing well? Which guys are... It's not about eliminating. Because so many baseball fans, no, I don't want the Cubs to select a Rule 5 draft pick. So because I don't want the Cubs to select a Rule 5 draft pick, what is the best reason for me to give to say I don't want the Cubs to select a Rule 5 draft pick? You're walking in and the answer is already the question. I don't want the Cubs to draft a Rule 5 draft I don't think they're going to this time around. I don't think it would necessarily even be a wise idea. I think there's a better upside in a different fashion. Um, because one of the first things to remember is teams like to draft Rule 5 draft picks. Teams like Rule 5 draft picks because they are very inexpensive. And if they can be retained, they are team control forever, basically. If you get the player through the first season. You get them through the full season. And then um, then you can send him back down to the minor leagues. He's yours if you can get him through the first season. And most of the teams are going to be doing the try to run the Rule 5 gamut thing are going to be teams that 
have some problems in their minor league system. So let's look at, I'm going to guess the Orioles, the Diamondbacks, <coughs> the Rangers, and the Pirates will draft before the Cubs. I could be a little bit wrong there. Could be the Marlins sneaking in and the Pirates sneaking out or whatever. Let's say Orioles, Diamondbacks, Rangers, Pirates, Cubs, Marlins. Basically what the Cubs could do is look to all the other teams in the league and try to make a deal. Do the research. Do the research. Do all the research like they're going to make it selection, even though they very well might not. And who, who's, who's the guy that makes the most sense? Who's the guy that makes the most sense at the fourth or fifth spot? Do the research. Figure it out. And um, if you can find a fourth or a fifth guy that actually does make sense. And Tampa Bay... It's going to have some tough decisions. I think the Yankees will have some tough decisions. The teams that have well-run minor league systems are going to have some tough decisions. The Cubs are going to have some tough decisions. It's going to boil down to some of the guys that are on the Cubs' potential list. Eduarniel Nunez. Eduarniel Nunez. I, I want to turn that in. I want to steal the syllable from him all the time. Eduarniel Nunez. Throws 98-99. Yuri Ramos. Throws 98-99. Danias Correa. Throws 98-99. Somebody very well might want one of those three. Do the Cubs want to take a 40-man roster spot to keep all three of them? Probably not. Should they? Probably not. I really think that if somebody's going to want to take a chance on Nunez or Ramos, at least, possibly Correa, you got to let him do it. You got to let it because you're not going to be able to protect all the 40. But again, you get to other teams. Other teams are going to have similar decisions, and it will be different le different levels of strength, different um, different levels of development, different position strengths. And what it'll come down to is once November twentieth hits, once actually I think it's November nineteenth this year, once the deadline hits. Then somebody will come out with a list. Here are the top three names from each team. The Cubs will have five or six names. Tampa's going to have a couple of names. Yankees going to have a couple. The, the teams that know what they're doing, the teams that have deep pipelines, will have names of guys that make sense. And the question is, does this guy make sense in the Cubs' specific situation? Some might, some might not, but I still prefer, I still prefer, I still prefer the idea of not so much the basic of well, what's been so popular the last few years. The Rule 5 fee is $100,000. You can poach whoever's on 
the list for $100,000. $100,000. That's not much in Major League Baseball. $100,000, you poached a guy. He's yours if you can keep him. What's been the case for quite a while is we will let you have whoever you want off the list. In regards to if a team is trying to trade away their Rule 5 spot, which happens regularly. It happens two or three or four times a year. The the pick, the selection costs $100,000. And, for instance, the Cubs could quite easily. How about this? All you teams upriver who aren't necessarily going to get your chance at the player. We're not going to draft anyone. We're not going to select anyone, but we will happily select for you whoever you want us to select for $150,000. $150,000 will get you whoever you want. That's basically how the Cubs ended up drafting Josh Hamilton in the Rule 5 draft. Cubs weren't going to draft that year. Red said, hey, would you do us a favor? Hey, what's that? We're going to tell you a guy. And you draft him in the Rule 5 draft because you have a roster spot open. You have to have a roster spot open. You have a roster spot open. We kind of want this guy. We'll give you more than the Rule 5 fee if you draft this guy. Okay, sure. You know, I think back then it was $50,000. Red say, well, we'll give you $75,000 to spend $50,000. Uh, checks, notes. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Then the Cubs drafted Josh Donaldson, uh, J- Josh Hamilton, traded him to the Reds for $75,000. Cubs made $25,000 out. Talk about winning a deal real quick. And then Hamilton ended up really good for the, the Reds. And then later the Rangers. But um, I don't want to see the Cubs do the pick up $25,000 in the transaction. I, I don't want that. I don't want that to be the way. I want the Cubs to do the research and find names of players in the Dominican Summer League. Find guys in the Dominican Summer League who are good but not fantastic. Good but not fantastic. Guy who impressed the Cubs. This guy, this guy actually he has something. Maybe he's getting promoted after this season from the DSL to the States. Maybe he's not. But I've been paying attention enough to the Cubs DSL squad this year. The Cubs DSL squad is a bit top-heavy. Top-heavy. There are some guys who are quite good, and then there are a whole bunch of guys who are mediocre. If you're playing the left column, right column with the Dominican Summer League squad. Left column means send him to the States. Right column means release him. Center column means keep him around for next season. There's a whole lot of guys who are either center column or right column. Whole bunch of them. Whole bunch of them. And if another team in another organization has a guy that He's almost good enough to send to the States. Almost good enough to send to the States, but not quite. Everybody's going to have that. Everybody's going to have that. That guy who played in the DSL, he's good, 
but he's not quite good enough to be in the States yet. Played the one year. He did well, but not quite well enough to make the States. Instead of asking for $50,000 back, $25,000 back, make a trade. Make an honest-to-goodness trade. Try to find a team. It shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't be that hard to find that team that has a guy who played one year internationally after the 2020 season that was absolutely horrible. You have the 2021 season, which it's certainly been a lot better than 2020. But there's a whole lot of players that haven't advanced as expected for various reasons. Find that one guy on that one team. They're interested in a 40-man roster spot guy. They're interested in a Rule 5 guy. In exchange for the Rule 5 draft guy. Take back. Keep the money. Keep the money. We don't need it. We don't need it. We want a player. We want a player who's going to upgrade the 2022 Cubs DSL squad. Somebody who had a decent year, but not quite good enough. Because after all, the Cubs have two squads. The Cubs have two Dominican Summer League squads. The Cubs should have, I haven't busted out the OPS. Actually, that's a good idea. That's a good idea for a podcast. That's good. I'll do that soon. Uh, don't tell anyone. The Cubs should have a whole bunch of players. These guys belong in the United States after their season in the DSL. They definitely belong in the United States. They've done really well at the DSL level. Their left column, they should go to the United States. The Cubs have a number of those guys, but not that many. Really watching, there just haven't been that many. And if the Cubs could find a team that's more willing to trade for a Rule 5 draft choice guy and surrender someone who just couldn't quite make it off the DSL compound this year. I completely dig that trade. Because the Cubs are going to have two DSL teams in 2022. They're going to have plenty of spots. Outfielders, pitchers, infielders, whatever. Bring in a guy. I'm a fan of the concept that sometimes it takes a second organization for a player to flourish. No, I don't have the examples of there's this and then there's this guy and then there's this other guy. Well, what about the players who don't need a second? Well, yeah, you're right. Some players don't. Some players benefit from it. Some players don't need it. But once in a while, when a, team, when a player is traded from one organization to another, the new organization says something like, oh, it's not that the other organization hadn't said it. I'm probably going to want the Cubs to trade their Rule 5 pick. Make a selection, trade them away promptly, and have the announcement made after the Cubs have traded their Rule 5 draft selection to insert team here for someone from the DSL. That's what I'd like to see. 
Would it necessarily work out well? Of course not. <laughs> it all depends on if a player does well or not. But yeah, when the Rule 5 draft comes around, when the Rule 5 draft comes around, it will probably be a good idea for the Cubs to seriously assess a whole bunch of different things. A whole bunch of different things. Pitchers, catchers, 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 catchers. Maybe that's a foreshadow. Maybe I'm being a little bit tiny, a little tiny bit too subtle. Catchers. Um, the Cubs could make a selection that they could keep, but honestly, I would really dig the Cubs trading their Rule 5 draft pick for someone in the minor leagues. And then what that would free them up to do with the roster spot not taken up by a Rule 5 draft selection, the pro scouts can keep eyes on the players who were Rule 5 draft selections. And if anyone does get released, the Cubs decide, guess what? This year, this year is not going to be a whole lot better than 21 in August and September. And the Cubs can pounce on said player. Yeah. The Rule 5 draft is about scouting. Many baseball fans are not about scouting. They are about, oh my goodness, look at that incredible play. Um, to develop long-term excellence, that's a scouting thing. That's a scouting thing. What people want is long-term excellence, which requires good scouting. And all the time along the line, Many of those baseball fans poo-poo scouting as if it's the coolest thing since falling off of milk crates. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be nice to others. And as I said last time, it's Thursday.